Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield podcast with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show. Fernando. Fernando with that cool-looking logo in the background. Look at that crap. That's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> as we get started in the show, we are going to talk all things uh, uh, baseball related to the Angels, and then we're also going to talk about the All-Star uh, Home Run Derby, which just took place about an hour ago. So we'll have a, a wrap-up on our thoughts on that. And then uh, we're going to, this is like sort of like the mid-season report card of how the Angels are doing. We're going to also uh, finish up uh, the last series, talk about that, um, and uh, talk about the, you know, the upcoming series of Seattle, the same team. We finish up the series of Seattle into the All-Star break, and then we get into another three-game series here at the Big A. So with that being said, where do you want to go first with this one, Fernando, or do you have any uh, starting points you want to do? Only starting point I have is to make sure you tell your friends about the show. Oh yeah, there and remember, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. So just just mention it to your friends. That that's the only kind of pre-game yard work we have. Yeah, the rest of the yard work will come maybe halfway through. We got some stuff to promote. Yeah. <laughs> but, but for right now, let's get it to the X and O's. Um, let's talk about that Seattle series. Let's put a bow on that series. Um, obviously, <clears throat> before we went, I don't into- know if you can put a bow on it. A bow is like a positive thing. No, that's true. Uh, geez, I don't know what what would be negative or sort of like just blasé. Let's throw a rock through the window shield. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> leave a hole in the windshield or a crack. Um, that's what that felt like, and that's a good analogy. It felt like one of those things where you know, you know, you get hit, your windshield gets hit by a rock or something, and it's okay in the morning because you're like, all right, man, you know, it's one of those things where maybe I could fix a dent or they could have the gel, you could repair the windshield, but then yeah. as the heat hits it the rest of the day, it like spreads. And just spider webs, and it looks like, yeah. Uh, it started with promise in that series. Um, and on game one, they opened up a 3 nothing lead. Otani had a home run. Cobb was cruising. Everything looked good. And then what do you think happened, man? Uh, a little something called the blow pen? Yeah, that was part of it, yeah. Um, tell us what happened, man. Uh, just bullpen didn't execute, right? Let me, uh, go ahead and uh, oh. pull up the stats here so I can get a refresher. No, oh, okay. Um, well, well, I'll just tell you too, after Otani's home run in the third inning, they scored consecutive, uh, runs first, second, and third to take a three, nothing lead on the road. And obviously in a game where your division rivals and the wildcard teams all lost. So you could have pulled within three and a half in this game. So we're already counting it as a W, thinking the way the pitching's been lately, the hitting's been lately. The hitting just never – they turned the switch off. They refused to have a rally the rest of the game. And then what happened with the pitching? So you had Cobb who gave up uh, no earned runs, but he did give up two runs. Uh, he has his ERA down to 423. He's actually been a pretty decent bright spot. And he was a question of the day a couple of days ago. Angels fans seem to be really happy with what we're getting out of him. So Cobb gave you the kind of performance he needed to give you. Mm-hmm. You know, five and a third, you would have wanted to see more. Watson gave up a run. C-Shack and Claudio did fine. And then uh, Mike Myers came out and decided to just give up two runs, shit the bed. Quintana, another guy who decided to come out and shit the bed. Now, the problem with Quintana was he gave up the grand slam, correct? Yes, correct. Quintana is not the person to have in that role hmm. i'm gonna apologize for the background because i'm in a hotel lobby so you guys are gonna have to bear with me on that because i've already seen it kind of come and go a couple times but uh yeah man Quintana was not the dude for that situation and, you know we kind of got so used to joe madden like finally making some decent decisions hmm. like his bullpen management's been better the bench has been managed well yeah you know we started i get a little too comfortable with mr joe Mm-hmm. Or as rocks in the outfield say, the Joe Madden experience, right? We were vibing yeah. with it. The Joe Madden experience was cool. We were grooving in his little minivan. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, man, he just made a boneheaded decision to leave Jose Quintana in the biggest spot in that game. Like you said, the offense was not firing on any cylinders. It yeah. was just a bad situation. Anytime you let the opposing team get, what, seven unanswered runs against you? Yep. <clears throat> going to be real hard yeah it was it was one of those things um that it, it didn't under i don't understand it because for the majority of the first half c-shex era has gone down and before i get to quintana which you made valid points for um c-shex <clears throat> he has a tendency and i guess if we're playing analytics 
and you're using analytics, those are all part of tendencies. And you see certain things, and you try to take advantage of it or maybe change things up because it doesn't look good in your favor. And the tendency for Ciszek all season, the first half, is the fact that when he inherits runners, which happened when uh, Myers looked like crap, um, Ciszek gives up runs 45% of the time. Now, when he comes into a clean inning, he gives up runs about 10% of the time. So why do you bring Ciszek in in that moment? Doesn't make sense. Then, if you're trying to win the game, yes, you take your best pitchers in the relief in, in the bullpen, which are Watson and Myers. And you lead that up to Rossiel Iglesias. The Angels had a day off prior. So there's no excuse for saying, well, Rossiel pitched too much, which he didn't. He had a day off. You could have used him in that spot, which was the bottom of the eighth inning. Instead, like my boy said, he brings in Jose Quintana, who we know lost his job as a starter and who has no experience in the bullpen, let alone the back end of a bullpen. And, of course, he walks a guy to load him up and then falls behind 2-0, has a talk with Matt Wise, and then it's just... Your boy. Yeah. Your boy, Matt Wise. My boy. <laughs> Your yeah. favorite. I'm going to get a jersey of his. <laughs> should. Yeah, we should. And then, like he said, the blow pin, he throws one right down the middle. And there, and there and that's, that's all it was, man. Game over. That's a rough one. Yeah, that's... I'm going to say this with all due respect to Joe Madden, but have you lost your goddamn mind? <laughs> uh, it's like, literally, like... That's probably the pitcher you don't want in that situation. Yep. But, you know, it, you know what I'm not going to do is contradict myself, my brother. Mm-hmm. I've been the first one saying, you know what? You, don't, you never walk the runner in mm-hmm. to score a run. You make him beat you. He Absolutely. threw a ball down the middle, and he made him beat him. But, I mean, I would much rather lose a game because you gave up a grand slam than lose a game because you walked in a run or two and that's how you lost because it's like well then you just beat yourself at least in that situation you can say well the mariners beat you granted we didn't have our best i would have felt a lot better about this if we would have brought in rysel iglesias and then he hit a grand slammed off rysel iglesias because at that point it would have been like you know what rysel iglesias was our best hand Mm -hmm. we played our best hand and sometimes in a game of blackjack or poker even with your best hand you're going to lose and you know what you can live with that but you cannot live with a guy like Jose Quintana in that spot, which he should have never been in. I would have been better if C-Sheck would have been in that spot yep. over yep. Jose Quintana. We were just bad-mouthing C-Sheck, rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Put in it, like, I even would have been happy with Javi uh, Junior Guerra, I mean, uh, because oof, he's had, oof. I mean, look. <laughs> big words, big words. I know, <laughs> I know I'm going on a limb there. It's just the fact that, he didn't even Madden didn't even go against the uh, the uh, he didn't adjust to how the hitting was. I mean, they had literally a right hander up after the lefty. He walked the lefty, and obviously, with a new rule, you can't take out a pitcher off after one batter. So he has yeah. to think ahead. I would have much rather seen a righty go up against the lefty, try to get him out, and if he doesn't, okay, bases loaded, go after the righty on righty. And uh, Junior Guerra <clears throat> has closing experience. He has starting experience. He's done it all in his career. And, uh, you know, Rossiel is, you know, his fastball is hard to hit, but I know Quintana's isn't. His is flatter than a pancake, and you lose with an 86-mile-per-hour fastball getting lifted over the fence. So with that loss, losing 7-3, to three, they then had a matchup the following day versus, uh, I want to say, what's the name, uh, Flexen, Danny Flexen. <clears throat> we got lit up the, the start before against the Yankees. And he was facing probably one of the hottest pitchers that the Angels have, and that's Patrick Sandoval. How did that one play out, my friend? Patrick Sandoval, seven innings pitched, gave up two runs. Uh, To me, that sounds like he gave us the opportunity to win a game. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, anytime a pitcher gives you a quality start, they gave you the opportunity to win a game. Absolutely. And, of course, the Angels responded to a great pitching performance by not scoring a single run, naturally. Yeah, naturally. You have one of the best offenses in baseball. And that was the day they decided, you know what? We're not going to do it today. We're going to take a day off. We're going to get three hits the entire game. Mm -hmm. Three hits. And uh, that was a miserable game, too, because, again, uh, you know, you dropped a game in the standings, and then you dropped another one. Or, no, you didn't drop another one in that one. Actually, what happened is if you would have won that game, you would have picked up a game. because You would have gained one. Yeah, you would have gained one. Because uh, they were, they were uh, again, they could have pulled within three and a half again. Instead, you sat there uh, at five and a half out. 
you know, because he lost the night. Oh, no, actually, they lost the game that night. I'm sorry. They did because they were four yeah. and a half. And then, yeah, so he lost the game. They could have could kept up at four and a half. You're, sure, sure you're five and a half out. And um, Sandoval let two unearned runs uh, actually go through. Or, or or two runs or something like that to where they, they were earned. Yeah, they there were, were two earned runs. But but there was an error or something like that that happened too. So like, it's just like you said, he pitched a quality start. I mean, and you should win. And that switch was still f- thrown off to where they didn't do check. And I, I think the goat in this series, not the greatest of all time in the series, but the the, the actual goat in a negative way, was Phil Gosselin because they've talked him up about hey he's ripped left handed pitching. He had a slew of lift left handed pitching to face in this series, and he went over everything. Uh, he was he was bad in this series, including a bad defensive play uh, that led to a couple runs as well, and I think game one. So, um, but the I was only- going to say, don't disrespect if he got a hit on Saturday. Oh, he did get a hit on Saturday? Yeah, right. I thought he went over for uh, uh, everything. He went one for three. Oh, wow. Okay, my bad. But but he's, his play was Put kinda, some respect on his name. I'm sorry. You <laughs> corrected me. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the goose was not loose. And, uh, you know, th- this lineup isn't complete, but it still should be scoring runs. Uh, Jared Walsh went over in, the, in those first two games. And when he left a lot of guys on base, and it just seems for whatever reason – Walsh has a lot of guys on base, and it's more magnified when he grounds out or he hits into the shift. When he's on fire, he goes the other way. Uh, he really didn't get nothing going until game three. So they took the loss in that one. Any final thoughts on this game? David Fletcher at least got a hit, so he at least kept it up. <clears throat> yep, he had uh, tied Garrett Anderson for a second longest with a 23rd uh, game hitting streak extended at that point. So that moves us to Sunday. Um, or, uh, yeah, Sunday, they were the, uh, the game that they're trying to, uh, you know, walk away from and get that W try to at least salvage one, uh, everyone in their division, everyone in the wild card won again. So there's still the best they could do is stay within five and a half. And they did that. And how they do that, my friend, uh, good offense, 11 hits, Mm -hmm. seven runs. That's a convenience store right there. Yeah. And then uh, great pitching as well. I mean, they only gave up one run with four hits. So, I mean, you know, they silenced the the Mariners almost in the same way that they silenced us the day before. You know, hardly any hits. There was no productive hits really out of the Mariners' end. And, you know, Fletcher kept it up, man. Four hits. Yeah. Who else had a good performance? Otani had two hits. And, uh, you know, besides that, you got a couple of of single hits here and there. But, uh, you know, it was really Fletcher leading the way. Yeah, Fletcher drove in the first four runs. He had a solo blast, his uh, second home run of the season, second of the series. Um, he also uh, singled in two, and he singled in one more later on. So he was it was uh, Fletcher four, Mariners one for the longest time, and then the Angels were able to yeah. tack, tack on three late. Um, but Suarez pitched good, very good bounce back start from the last one in, at home. So he he picked up a W, and uh, the bullpen did the rest. Um, so it was a nice win, but you you felt a little salty because you felt that they could have won all three and been sitting there or oh, maybe five games over 500 going into the break. But they're still only, you know, or you know, would have been five? Yeah, four or five it over. Would have been four. It would have yeah, been four. four I yeah, think. my bad. So you're sitting there one over uh, <clears throat> into the break. You got to face these guys again. And before we did the thing last week when we did the pod, I didn't realize how bad their their hitting has been of late. Um, they have very few guys in the high 200s. Uh, for the most part, they're all hovering around that Mendoza line, either they're right b- above it or right below it. I don't know how they beat us twice. <laughs> I really don't. It shouldn't have been, man. No, no. I mean, I they're somehow winning. But, I mean, it's always been the same thing with, like, the athletics forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're just kind of a team that, like, somehow wins. And, like, the Mariners are doing that this year mm-hmm. where, you know, I, I don't think the Mariners are a better team than the Angels. But lately they've played like it against us. They've played like the better team. Exactly. So And, you know, it's just disheartening. Exactly. And it, <clears throat> so here's the thing and I want, question I want to ask you. So going into the second half of the Mariners, <clears throat> the three games coming up here, um, I think we're you know we're gonna have our horses start. Uh, I don't know how the All Star game is gonna affect Otani. I don't know if they've announced it or whatnot for the series, but <clears throat> um, basically 
we're going to come at him with our best starting pitching, and we're going to have uh, most more than likely uh, Trout's going to be super close. Up, uh, you know, Upton should be back in the lineup. Uh, Rendon possibly as well. Um, do you do you see us flipping the script, going two out of three, or possibly sweeping Seattle in the second half? Yeah, it truly depends on who we're going to be getting back, and it truly depends on how we're going to do right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's really going to come down to Friday's game. Friday's game is going to set the tone. You know, they're going to be back at home. Um, hopefully these guys are going to get a rest up. We've had a lot of days off lately, so, I mean, you know, maybe that little extra rest is going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's really going to come down to, A, who's going to be starting that first game and what can we do that first day back, you know, are we going to get Rendon back? Are we going to get Upton back? I think Trout might be back as early as Monday is my prediction. I know he can come back. I think the 17th. Mm-hmm. So my hope is he'll be back Monday or Tuesday, whatever our first series game is going to be. Let me, um, so yeah, our first game back will be on that Monday. Yeah. Against Oakland. So it'll be the three against Seattle. And then Monday, Tuesday will be in Oakland. Wednesday there's an off day. And then Thursday, we start a four-game series versus the Twins. So he'll either be back Monday against Oakland or he'll be back Thursday in Minnesota. You okay. know, they're not going to bring him back in the middle of the series. Is yeah, yeah. my hot take. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably give him a game or two with the Sixers, you know, just to get his little swing in. Um, so from what I understand, I don't think he can go to Inland Empire. I think he have to go to AAA, and it's because of uh, the COVID protocols. I don't think there is a COVID protocol right now in AAA. But if he goes below that, there is. Oh, I see. Got it. Got it. Okay. A little twist because usually I know they would prefer him to face Sixers pitching and, and you know, double A pitching more than triple A. Um, I, want, yeah. I wanted to just run some stats by you and get your thoughts on everything, especially okay. hitting real quick. Um, Perfect. So, so the Angels, I just want to put some stats by you. They rank right now fourth in home runs with 123. The only team higher than them uh, by a long shot, or not even a long shot, it's just a couple home runs is a giant, surprisingly, 132. Uh, okay. as, far, as far as RBIs, uh, the Angels are at nine. So they have 414. Um, here's So you're thinking, okay, this is a great offensive team. You know, the average is, uh, the, the team sits there, uh, team average at uh, five with 257. But here's where here's where it starts to make a little uh, sense right here, where it doesn't make sense because of what they do with or what they don't do. So you heard where how they are right there. Um, their on base percentage uh, is not good. As we go down here, it's it's middle of the pack. It's fifteenth. And you look at stolen bases. Stolen bases, they're twenty first. Strikeouts, yeah. strikeouts, they're near the top. And here's the one that kills me because this is this is something that just pisses me off. Out of 30 teams, they're ranked 29th in walks. What what do you think is the issue behind that erratic type offense? It's coaching. I mean, it's you know you got to you got to encourage your guys to get on base. If guys don't get on base, it's going to be a lot harder to drive in a significant amount of runs. Obviously, you know, solo shots are a thing and everyone knows that angels batters love solo shots, (laughs) but at the end of the day, you need to be able to do with runners in scoring position. Granted, we haven't really had too many clutch guys this year. I mean, with the exception of Walsh, it really has been a bunch of no clutch hits. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, And the thing is, uh, you know, Fletcher being down for so long hitting that hurt, but my God, bro! The fact that they don't walk, the fact they don't get guys on base, they are they are also in the um, low twenties ranking out of thirty teams as far as least amount of singles. So you're you're absolutely right. They're either swinging for the fences or just hitting off the fence with a double. <laughs> they're not really yeah, all, all or nothing. Yeah, that's a basically. All, and, and you just can't win with a team like that. You need pressure, constant pressure. You know, if you're not if if you're not going to hit a home run, okay, well then work a walk. You know, and if you know, you're not going to get a single. Do you think, do you see that changing or is that trend going to unfortunately continue in the second half? Uh, You know, it really depends on the structure of the team. I mean, you know, when is Trout going to come back? Trout is a very patient player. 
Yeah. Trout hardly ever swings to the first pitch. Trout hardly ever comes unglued on a swing. Mm -hmm. So maybe the team kind of needs to see that again. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when Upton was leading off, he started to be surprisingly a lot more patient than normal. You know, because think about it. When Upton was batting fifth, fourth, whatever he was batting, like when he was protecting Trout or whatever, or, you know, whenever they had him batting down the lineup – you know, he was being a lot more aggressive, but when he's leading off, you kind of saw him looking for his pitch. You saw him being selective. Mm-hmm. So it really depends what the makeup of the team is going to be. I mean, even Anthony Rendon's normally a patient hitter, but this year we have just not seen it out of him. Absolutely. So, you know, who are these guys going to look up to? Once we figure that out, we can kind of figure out what the makeup of, you know, their at-bats is going to be. But patience is definitely something they need to practice because patience at the plate leads – to runs and runs, I know I'm going to blow you away, lead to wins. <gasps> no way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I mean, that's about as, you know, as bad of a take as you should draft for, you know, the, the best available. And notice in that draft, the best available, not one position player was drafted. <laughs> By the angels so far, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah, to we'll get that. to that. But that, that, I just wanted to bring that up along with your uh, your shot right there because it's a deserved shot fired. Believe me. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as pitching's concerned, okay, um, we look at team ERAs, and yep. yeah, there's going to be an anomaly out there, just like the Angels. And I think the anomaly on this one for for best ERAs of Miami Marlins, they're ranked fifth. But they don't have the best record. I think they're what fourth or fifth in that division, um, in the um, or they might even be third. They're like middle of the pack um, in the uh, East. <clears throat> but all the teams in the top ten have winning records, and even top fifteen, with the exception of the Cubs, uh, have all winning records. And uh, you look down here, and you wouldn't think the Angels being in a position where there is four teams ahead of them or three teams ahead of them uh, for the last wild card spot, and then Oakland. But they're all right bunched together, and the Angels are ranked 26th in total team ERA under the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are at 25. I mean, that's got to change. I mean, they were 30th. <laughs> They've gone up a few notches, but there you go. But but bro, where do you where do you see this team if they're to make the playoffs? Where do they got to jump in as far as ERA? Do they got to shave off another half a run in their ERA because right now they're at 458. Yeah, at this point, they've kind of been slugging themselves to wins, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just that the pitching itself hasn't been that bad, if we're just so used to just atrocious pitching that even, like, moderately atrocious is, like, you know, mm-hmm. amazing in our eyes just because of, you know, how the bad pitching we've seen over the last couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, the pitching has to be a lot more consistent. It really boils down to the bullpen because the starters really haven't been that bad. You know, with the exception of Bundy and Quintana, who are now in the bullpen, to make that worse. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, our starters haven't been horrible. Like, Alex Cobb's been serviceable. Otani's been Otani. He's an all-star. But, right. um, you know, I mean, Canning hasn't been amazing this year. Well, he went down. Um, he's getting shelled. Exactly. So, I'm missing, you know, I mean, who am I missing? Heaney's been either Heen Dog or Heen Shit, depending on the day. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because we both were figuring this has got to be the year he's turning it around. And it just has I think everybody was just because we keep hearing that one day oh, it's coming to fruition. It's coming to fruition. It's, you know, mm-hmm. this is the year. And then, you know, he'll get you for like three or four starts. He'll be like, wow, man, he turned it around. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as you believe, it's a oh, whole psych. <laughs> yeah. You're in a bad spot. So, um, so then I want to get into a couple more stats before we move on. This is the final one of on the pitching. Oh. Um, so when it comes to, uh, walks, walks, uh, issued the angels, there's only one other team or two other teams, surprisingly ahead of them with more walks. And that would be the St. Louis Cardinals and the Cincinnati Reds. The angels are, are 28th in the league and giving up walks. Um, so, I mean, they're at 357 for the season. But they have 841 strikeouts, which ranks top fifth. So that just tells me they are throwing way too many pitches and getting into a lot of three-ball, two-strike counts. And a lot of those strikeouts, like we've seen earlier in the year when they played Tampa, when they struck them out 60-some-odd times in four games and lost all four games because they were walking a shit ton of guys too. I mean, 
how do we how do we get out of these trends um do you think that they're oh. gonna have oh go ahead i'm sorry no 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 finish your question do you think that this team's gonna have some sort of like uh, uh team meeting when they all reunite and you know get into a second half start like are all these things that we're bringing up right now gonna get addressed well, I sure hope so. But uh, going back to like one of your original points, so the Cardinals well, were um, record-wise a better team than the Cardinals, but not as good as the Reds. But it's not by much. So I think it's like a two-point difference or two-game difference right now. But um, you know, so these are other teams who are you know more or less in the thick of it in their particular divisions and you know wild card races or whatever. But the thing with the Angels is. The one thing I did like about Mickey Callaway in the very short time we got to see him in 2020 was that he preaches pitchers throwing strikes. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, that's what Matt Wise needs to do. And I get it. You know, this wasn't your job. You kind of got thrown into it. But now it is your job. Make it your own or you're going to be, you know, taking – you're going to be handing out resumes at the end of the offseason. This is your opportunity if you're Matt Wise to prove like, hey, you know what? Maybe this guy can be a pitching coach. And as of right now, he's just not doing it. It seems like almost every time we see him and he goes to talk to the uh, bullpen arm or the starter, it seems like we almost the opposite result that we were hoping for happens. Yeah. And, it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you've been you've been lobbying for a consistent named uh you know, pitching coach, but with what happened with Dick picks, it messed us up because there's really no time to interview anybody at that point. The general manager is just all about the baseball team at that point. You know, all that stuff's supposed to be in place already. So with Callaway yeah. not there, yeah, they, they, they really took one on the chin. So we'll have to just you know, oh, credit to the pitchers. It's also really hard to adjust when you have two, I would imagine completely different ideologies. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way Matt, Matt Wise has the same theories as uh, Dick Pick Mick. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's got to be hard on the pitchers. I mean, naturally, I mean, if you had a boss change all of a sudden when you didn't expect it, well, all of a sudden you have to learn what your new boss thinks, you know, and you're learning during the season. I mean, I don't know what the comparison would be like if you're working at Target. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you're learning on Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, you, there's really no prep time. So, <laughs> yeah. so with that saying, all those stats were kind of mit, um, at the halfway point. Let's get to the halfway point of our show. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about what we want to talk about, and that is the new gear for Redbubble.com. You want to explain some of those shirts that we have now and other gear? Yeah. So Redbubble.com is uh, our merchandise provider. I just typed in Halos of the Infield. Uh, they sell the NWO logo design that's behind me. You can get that on almost anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Todd Fox actual logo itself, the Fox. Or if you want the Todd Fox post-game show logo, we have that. Halos of the infield merch. <clears throat> Literally almost everything you think of. Grand Slam, Walsh off of uh, Chapman. We have merchandise for that. The new Otani shirt. Uh, you can get on a hoodie, a t-shirt, a sticker, you name it. Coffee mug. Coffee mug. A- and tell them. Tell them about the quality. Oh, the quality is great. Uh, it's uh, we I got a shirt in the other day. It's soft as hell. Uh, very nice. Um, and the thing I like about it too is now they have a bulk thing. If you buy in bulk or you just buy a couple shirts, a couple things that you like, you get five to ten to fifteen percent off. So that's really cool. And the prices are already at good prices anyway. So you can help support the show. And then that's sort of our version of Patreon because if you listen to the show, we also do giveaways. And, uh, you know, we have jersey giveaways, hat giveaways, all kinds of stuff. And uh, that helps us get the merchandise in for you and uh, where you don't have to pay a dime for it. So it's pretty cool. We do all kinds of games. And uh, speaking of game real quick, while uh, if you want to give them a little filler, I could do the bingo ball for this show and give that away. Yeah, sure. While uh, Todd Fox is doing that, we have another sponsor to talk about, and that is Rep sports or raise energy now it's both the same company check them out they have energy drinks all you have to do is use our code halos infield at checkout there you go and then you get that uh 10 off or whatever it is um so this one the new ball is g56 g56 so if you're playing along again we give away one of these uh, bingo balls every time. So if those who there was like over sixty people that participated um, online with us uh, for the bingo thing for the first time, which is pretty good for a game that's brand new. We only gave a couple days to play. 
So that's for the free jersey the first time around, and uh, the number is G56 again. So uh, look for that, and if you're getting close in the game, hopefully uh, you go, you're getting close to a, a bingo and your first free jersey giveaway uh, for the season. Um, I was but, wondering what you were doing, if it was just lines or if it was a blockout. That's the one thing you need to tell us. What do you mean, um, the um, all the ball thing, the spinning? Well, no, no. So you know how when you play a game, a game of bingo, sometimes you play like a vertical line or something, or you play blackout. I thought you were going to play like the first person to get the blackout wins. Oh, no, we're just first four in a row, man. First bingo, that's it. So that's – All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with that being said, let's move forward. Um, we talked about the first half of the season. We talked about the Seattle series and then what we expect in the second half of the uh, the uh, series with the Mariners. Uh, what do you want to get far? What do you want to talk about here? Do you want to talk about the Angels' prognosis or give grades? You want to give grades on on the team so far? Yeah, sure. How about um, how about you and I? Well, just a couple of players. You know, we won't go through the entire roster. Maybe right. that's another episode if you guys want to see that. But maybe you give a player and I give a player, and we give a midseason grade. We'll go maybe back and forth like three or four times. Okay. You start. Give me one. All right, uh, I'll start with uh, David Fletcher right off the top, leadoff guy. David Fletcher, I'm going to give him – we're doing letter grades, right? Or Yeah, letter grades. Okay, I thought that's what I said. Uh, I'm going to give him an A+. Plus. A+. Plus, you yeah. know, if this would have been a conversation about a month ago, maybe we would have been talking about a, you know, B-, minus, B. but uh-huh. as of right now he's absolutely on fire. You know, what a, a, the longest hitting streak in baseball this season – Mm-hmm. guy's on absolute fire he can do absolutely no wrong unfortunately for him he hit the brick wall called the all-star break but hopefully it comes out hot at angel stadium on friday and maybe we can be having a conversation about a much much farther hitting streak i don't i'm not saying he's going to break joe DiMaggio's streak but i mean the guy's on fire right now. i would have to say an a minus only because i was a little jipped by the fact that you know that he could have came through like this in the first half it just took him so long to get going <clears throat> but it's it's hard to you know magnify what he's done you know bringing his average from from uh 215 maybe i'm maybe i'm just being too hard on him maybe you got the right prognosis which i'm thinking but he went from two 215 to what 310 311 already at the break i think he was at 250 i thought he was lower than that he was close to the mendoza line yeah yeah um <clears throat> yeah so uh that was that was the case with him i think um Let's see, let's see. You throw one out at me, man. I'll, I'll go with the A-minus on that. Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, Tony Watson. Tony Watson, I'd have to give a flat A. I, I, I think, um, you know, he had a couple rough outings, but nothing to where you're sitting there like, I don't trust this guy. I think he's been, out of, of the bullpen, he's been probably one of your most solid go-to guys that you – he's as good as advertised. Like, you knew he was this uh, – guy who's bounced around from postseason team to postseason team and he's just solid you know what you get from him and there's just no bsing with him so i like him at an a yeah b plus b plus i think he's done great um there's some where maybe you know he needs to work on sometimes he needs to work on his walks his command in general but uh, overall he's been very serviceable and i definitely think he's an extension candidate that is true he's he's a guy i would like to see return to the bullpen so if we went with a bullpen shot like that, this is one guy I'm going to throw at you too. That's uh, how about Myers? C, because you don't know which Myers you're going to get. <laughs> you might get the you might get the A Myers, or you might get the F minus 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 <laughs> Myers. There's some days where Myers is a dominant guy, and you can be like, man, this guy is like a good eighth inning guy. Hell, he might even be a closer. And then there's some days where you're like, and he's shitting the bed again. <laughs> you know, you're I'm, like, man, we better be sponsored by Charmin because he's shitting the bed again. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. I was gonna give him a C too because he seems like the type of dude that in school would uh, would pretty much ace his test but never do his homework. Uh, so yeah, yeah, coming out to a C, I, I can't explain it any better than you did right there. I think he's perfect candidate for a C. All right, go for it, man. Your turn. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm having a cough attack. That's why I keep coming over to the side. And I didn't bring a water with me. Like I said, I'm in the lobby. So I'm in Texas. For those of you guys who don't know, and like the air out here is like super, super thick and it's really humid outside. It's horrible. But, that's nasty. So that's enough about me. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just explaining as to why I'm coughing. Anyway. No, I'm saying the humidity is nasty. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Uh, let me think. I'm trying, I'm going to think of a good one for you. Okay. Kurt Suzuki. 
Oh my god. Um I know the letter grade, but I mean come on. I'm gonna give this guy a D minus. Um I sometimes I like his his uh his you know pitch lately it's it's not been good. Okay, he was good there for a while defensively. <clears throat> You know, he was making some sacrifices and things like that. And I was like, okay, you know, he's earning his keep. He's maybe not getting the average up there, nothing like that. But, uh, yeah, he he really doesn't have no pop left in that bat. Um, he's been more of a liability. Um, I've been cringing when he catches. I, I actually, uh, you know, I'm very appreciative of uh, Stassi now as a catcher. So, yeah, yeah I, um, what about you, man? D minus. Dude, Angel's Twitter and grill master are losing their shit on you. They're like, God, Todd's getting soft. He's getting soft. Yeah. The correct answer would have been DFA Suzuki. <laughs> I'm not even going to give him a letter grade. DFA Suzuki angels, Twitter grill master. You're with me. Yeah. You're taking away Kurt. You're just calling him DFA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not giving him the grade. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, you know, if I'm being honest, I want to know how much of uh, Otani's success has to do with Kurt Suzuki. There's some people who are like, well, Otani's doing so well because he's so comfortable with Kurt Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And then there's just some people who's like, no, Kurt Suzuki's shit. He's horrible. He's trash. Yeah. He's not doing anything for us. So, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they don't sugarcoat. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. DFA Suzuki, it's over. What about this one? What about uh, Andrew Heaney? Same thing as Myers, a C. What are you going to get out of Andrew Heaney? Andrew Heaney has some days, man, where he's like a, one of the best number two pitchers in baseball. Like, you know, in a rotation, yeah. there's some days where he's, I can see him as a number two in a lot of rotations or number three. And then there's some days where I'm like, DFA Andrew Heaney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where you wonder why he, like, my dad always likes to say, I try to tell him, you really can't tell, but he used to say, why is it when they're warming up? You can't, you know, the pitching coach is right there or the bullpen coach, and you can't tell that he's not ready. I'm like, you, unless the guy's, like, shaking, you know, I tell my dad, like, the, that has nothing to do with it. He could be missing all over the place, with, you know, but they're just thinking, okay, you know, that that is what it is. He comes out there and he's throwing a perfect game. Um, yeah. You really can't tell in the bullpen session unless he's saying, I got tightness, I'm scared, I got to vomit like Bundy. But, yeah, Whoa. I'm – I'm the same way with with you on that one. Uh, he's just been a terrific uh, underachiever, you know, um, yeah. and just someone that you just see so much potential, and you're like, damn, this guy really could be good. And then you're just like, why, dude? Why is he continue to just shit himself? So yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. I, I give him a C, but begrudgingly a C. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it just meant <clears throat> we all want Andrew Heaney to be a productive player because I mean he has the stuff. You know, he has a good curveball. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes his pitches just aren't sharp. And you, I feel like your only job as a pitcher is to perform when your stuff isn't sharp. Yep. Any pitcher can do well when they're on point. Every pitcher has a good day and every pitcher has a bad day. But the good pitcher's bad days are still good days because they find a pitch that does work. You know what? My curveball's not there today. I got to use my fastball and my changeup. Mm-hmm. You know, my fastball's not there. I got to play off my curveball. Or at least do what the really elite pitchers do, like your Scherzer and others like that, to where, yeah, they might be getting hit around. Like you said, they adjust, and, they, and they're maybe using their third or fourth pitch, but they're getting you to at least the fifth inning. You know, they're giving you the five and yep. a third, the five and two-thirds. Don't and, tax your bullpen. Yeah, and maybe you've given up four or five runs, but you got them to a point where, like, okay, you know, four or five runs, if you scored one or two on your side, that's still doable. And like you said, don't tax your bullpen, and they could help you out by trying to keep it close. And so maybe in the end you get out of you you get out of taking a loss, you know. So, but he doesn't do that, you know. Heaney's like three innings, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. He's all three innings, seven runs. You got it. I, I'm your guy. <laughs> Four walks. Psh, that's all me. <laughs> yeah, right. Put me in coach. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Who else you got, brother? All right, we'll do maybe like a couple more so we yeah. can move on. Um, Justin Upton. Ooh, last one out of me. I'd have to say, I, I, oh man, that one's tough, dude. I might have it to. Really give, is. I might have to give him a flat C only because of the Ooh. injuries and the slow start. Otherwise, you know, uh, if he continued on his trend of not adjusting in the box, I think he would be a, a solid B, almost an A. 
um, if he was playing the entire time uh, because the way he turned it on before he got hurt this last time, um, you know, he, he was really turning into the model angel, leading off, uh, yep. getting on base. Uh, if the singles weren't there, you know, he would take a shot at a home run and hit one. And he, w- he had a nice little hitting streak going. I mean, he was doing everything right. Um, and his defense looked better too. So yep. uh, I, I really want to give him a better grade, but I can't with those injuries. He's just missed too much time. Okay. I'm going to give him a B minus. Okay. And um, it's because he was the biggest reason we're still having this conversation, but even thinking about the playoffs, you're talking to me about playoffs. <laughs> if it wasn't for Upton and all the injuries that happened would have happened. Like, let's just say we Upton would have been hurt this whole year. Let's just say he would have had a Dexter Fowler situation. Okay. And Trout still got hurt. And Rendon still got hurt. It literally would have been Otani, 50 pounds of bullshit, and then the rest of the Angels. So the fact that Upton has been that bright spot that wasn't Shohei Otani, along with a couple of other guys, um, it's allowed us to be in a situation where, you know what, like the Angels are still competitive. So that's why I'm going to give him a B minus. Sure, you know, that probably could have been a lot higher if he would have stayed healthy. That's- like if he wouldn't have taken this IL stint right now, we might have been talking. I might have been saying up to A minus. That's true. He could have, in my eyes, he could have fully jumped up a one letter game if over the last, you know, eight to 10 games that he missed, he would have produced, you know, four runs, would have gotten down, or four home runs, would have batted about 280. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have wanted out of you. I understand Upton's older. So I am grading on a curve. Gotcha. But, you know, I, that's, that's where I am. All right. Last one out of you. Uh, Jared Walsh. Jared Wallace, that's 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 the that's the goon. That's the homie. I'm gonna give him uh, an A plus. Jared Walsh stepped up in a way that none of us fully expected him to step up. Mm-hmm. We all know what we got out of him last year in September. I mean, he was a rookie of the year candidate because of September. Yep. But the problem was, you know, oh, that was only 30 games. And you know, many Angels fans don't remember, but you might remember like Angels Facebook and Angels Twitter in 2019 were going batshit crazy with Jared Walls. They're like, why do we still have this guy? This guy's a loser. Send him back down to AAA. The Angels were trying the two-way experiment with him in Arizona Fall League. It was like, who is Jared Walsh? Who is this clown? And all of a sudden, in 2020, something just ignited in him. Maybe it was a consistent playing time. But this year, he has proven that he does belong. What are we going to get out of him the rest of the season? That's really going to be my final test. If he can finish off the year strong, I'm going to be a big Jared Walsh guy. Don't get me wrong. I am right now. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I take your current performance as gospel until proven otherwise. So right now, Jared Walsh is the all-star to me. But hopefully he can finish off strong and prove to other fans of other major league franchises that Jared Walsh is a force to be reckoned with at Anaheim and that he's another one of our guys. Trout. Otani, Walsh, maybe Rendon ever just has to get his head up his ass, out of his ass. So yeah, yeah, I think I think there was, I think he gets an A plus for me because uh, you know there was really no ceiling on this dude. You know we still don't know if, what the ceiling is. We just know that he's having a hell of good year, and there's no other resume behind it with exception of last year's exhibition, like you said. And uh, the fact he's continued, I think, is the most impressive thing. The thing that's most underrated to me is his freaking defense. Uh, He's excellent at first base. Even when they put him in right field, he did a great job. Um, I think um, he's on pace right now for 41 homers and 117 RBIs, batting 287. I think that's amazing. I mean, uh, (laughs) we haven't had numbers like that for a very long time at first base since a guy by the name of – Name escaping me, Pool Jose or something like that. Um, I, I forget the. I don't know some guy. He was all. <clears throat> he came from St. Louis. Um, I think oh, the was, guys are like fifty-five. Yeah, the fifty-five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. He um. The guy signed by Life Alert. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> and Social Security benefits. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he. I think he played. I think it was his second or third year with the Angels where he had close to those numbers. Walsh is going to eclipse that. That's crazy. You know, uh, this team was being rumored as trying to maybe possibly get Freddie Freeman in this offseason because, you know, hey, Pujols will be gone. Walsh is just a fill-in. You know, we need someone stable at first base. Uh-uh-uh. I don't think we need the first base. No. 
First base no. is one of the least uh, positions we need in the offseason. We don't need nothing for first. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see how this trade deadline goes because, uh, you know, that's going to really set the tone for the rest of the roster. But, yeah, there's no way we're going to go out there and get Freddie Freeman now. I know. And I was hearing that Freddie Freeman was interested in coming to the Eagles, but uh, better find another suitor, Freddie, and it isn't us. Yeah. Unless, unless somehow. Walsh will move to right field and you play first. I mean, other than that, it's going to happen. Bro. Yeah, maybe. And then maybe we're having a situation where Joe Adele gets traded. There you go, because then, then there would be no need for Adele. So it just depends on what you want to do. So, And real quick on that, um, I don't know what you want to transition into, but I will just say this. Um, you got three guys, may, no, actually four, that are making a strong push for the major league roster, and that is two pitching, two hitting. Right now, Marsh came off the ILs, tearing it up. Uh, he's he's hitting huh? two or three, either home runs or doubles a game. And then you got freaking Adele, who's just been crushing the ball. His average has gone way up, which is nice. Um, yep. And then Packy Naughton has been pitching great. Detmers has just been really blowing everybody away. These four guys could be big-time impact players, and along with Chris Rodriguez, who will be back at some point. I mean, is that at the end? Do you see, my point being, these five players on the roster at the same time at any point this season and with the trade deadline guys, would that be enough to push this team to the postseason? Well, I definitely don't think Brandon Marsh is going to make it. It's because of the injury. Gotcha. So I don't think he's going to be ready this year because they're going to be a little cautious with him, naturally. Okay. You know, Joe Adelt will be up at some point this year. I can almost guarantee you that. Okay. If Joe Adele isn't up by this year, I will give away like a T-shirt or something. Okay. Uh, and then I, I will give that away. So you guys mark that down because Joe <laughs> Adele will be up at some point. I, I per- personally, I predict what, what's the date as of right now? It's the 13th. Well, I'm in, I'm in Texas. So I'm a little farther ahead than you are recording. But I predict that by the 15th of August, Joe Adele will be in an Angels uniform. Mm. <clears throat> and that assuming he doesn't get traded, of course. Mm-hmm. And if he is up, you will never, unless he gets hurt, see him back down. I think like they're going to be like, you know what, Joe Adele, this is the keys to the kingdom. Until your career is over and either they decide you're just going to ride it out in AAA forever or, you know what, he gets traded or something, I think that's going to be his keys to the position. They're going to be like, this is yours. You know, as of right now, you're not going to lose it unless you do something really bad or unless you really underperform. But that's what I think Joe Adele needs also. Joe Adele had his trial run last year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. But it hardly ever is for a lot of players. Yeah. Brandon Marsh, I don't think he's going to be up because of the injury. I already said that. Reed Detmers, I think, will be up this year in September. Yeah. Even if it's only first start or two, unless bearing an injury, God forbid. And then Packy Naughton, maybe. He, he's probably the biggest question mark out of the group. I, I, honestly, I think Brandon Marsh should have a better chance of coming up than Reed Detmers. Wow. Or the, the, sorry, not the Reed Detmers, than the Packy Naughton. Yeah. Okay, wow. Okay, that's a hot take right there. Um, yeah, yeah but once again, it all has to do with injuries. Injuries this year have been so unpredictable from the top down. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. And then um, I know Chris Rodriguez, he ain't going to stretch out to a starter this year, but I do I do hope he comes back strong uh, and to help out this bullpen because any kind of help would be much needed at this point. Um, do you uh, – Last thing I'm going to say about that, do you see uh, anybody of the starters getting DFA'd like a Bundy or a Quintana, or do you see them getting most likely traded? That's tough. The most likely person to get DFA'd, I think, is going to be Kurt Suzuki. Oh, okay. But if we're talking starting pitchers, yeah. um, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I think it really depends on what these like last couple games before the trade deadline really heats up is mm-hmm. going to be. Um. But if Bundy and Katana continue to have bad games, <clears throat> I think they have to have that conversation. They're not helping at that point. True, true. You know, at that point, I'd much rather have them call up a minor league guy who's not going to do well than keep these guys who are just, you know, wasting the spot of a minor league guy who could be learning right now. Yeah, because we could always bring up uh, Felix Pena or Jaime Biera, guys like that, to fill. You know. Or, yeah, Jaime Berea. You can always bring up uh, Hector Yon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
yeah, he's actually one of their uh, top prospects. So we'll see. We'll see. There's definitely going to be some movement here coming up soon. What do you want to transition to? Or you got anything left for the show, or what are you thinking? Uh, I think the last thing we could touch on is maybe the Shohei Otani performance in the uh, home render. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let's get into it. What do you? What did you think of his performance tonight? You know. That first minute of not hitting a home run kind of disappointed me, but, um, I mean, he was pressing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was no doubt about it. He was pressing. He was trying too hard. I definitely feel like he felt the weight of the whole world on his shoulders, and you can tell. We've seen him swing. The guy hardly ever puts any effort. He just literally flicks the bat in 500 feet. There it is. You know, 480, 480, you know, just no effort on his swings. But this time you really saw him try to put an oomph behind it. I think that was the problem. Okay. Also, the guy you had throwing to him just <laughs> I, was that the bullpen coach, I think it was? I don't I've never heard of Brown to be honest. Maybe maybe some okay. Angel fans are gonna scream it scream at me, but I've never heard of that dude. <clears throat> While you're talking, let me see if I oh, can okay. find some information on it. But yeah. go ahead. My my point my point with Otani <clears throat> is yeah, the first minute was terrible because it was like one of those things where <clears throat> you didn't want it, you didn't want it to be awkward, and I think the fans thought it was awkward because no one could get a, you know he was hitting line drives. That's it. It seemed like after he hit a couple home runs, you're like okay, and he got fired up, he got going. The pitches were a little bit better in the zone, and he was able to uppercut and put him in the upper deck. But yeah, had he had that minute back and Brown was giving him better pitches, he had a better approach. He blows out uh, Soto. There's no, but the only good thing I think you could take out of this as fans of baseball, international fans, is that he went to two overtimes with Soto, so that was kind of dramatic. Um, but uh, I would have loved for him to finish it. But the but the one thing I will say, after the first set and to see him tired like that, I was like, you know what? Maybe this is better. He gets ousted right here. I don't. I'm not. I'm not feeling him. You know, although he's smiling every now and then, I, I don't like seeing him tired like that. Yeah, that's never what you want to see. So real quick before I get started with my opinion, mm-hmm. Jason Brown is the bullpen catcher. Oh, wow. Yeah. Catcher throwing. I would, imagine he, I would imagine he probably throws a lot of batting practice. I guess. So maybe that's why. Maybe he was comfortable. But, man, uh, Pete Alonso's uh, bench coach, that guy was throwing, like, straight darts, like perfect pitches that you want to hit. Just, I, I think they showed like a graphic, and it was like everything was like up in the zone, but down the middle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was just like a perfect pitch, and he was just kind of able to elevate every time. Pete Alonso was fun to watch, but um, uh, yeah. Well, here's here's the thing: they tweeted out, and there's a reason why I was like, "Man, dude, Alonso's kick ass." He looked like he was like totally into it, and I guess his annual salary is six hundred sixty thousand dollars. And yep. uh, and so <laughs> I don't know when he comes up on a free agent, but uh, he made six hundred seventy-five thousand in two thousand nineteen, which doubled his salary, and he did it again tonight. So <laughs> there's a reason why he's so gung ho on winning that damn All Star game uh, home run. Yeah, derby. that damn derby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he d- hits arbitration next year, so he'll start getting paid next year. Okay. And then he has he'll be a free agent in twenty twenty five, bearing an extension. Damn. I know some people are like, why does it keep looking down? Normally when I, uh, when we do the shows, I have my computer, you know, when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like I'm staring up down or, and I have my phone at the same time so I can research stuff, but not like angels top plays though, where I'm like filming the screen. <laughs> Cause you don't want to show your face. And then plus you want to show everybody how your Google, your Googling skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Normally I, I need to look up stuff like that. Like, I don't know about Pete Alonzo, but I know where the trade deadline is. Yeah. He's probably like he's probably he's probably like when does the second half of the season start enter? Yeah, <laughs> and he like types it as a reading. I'm, yeah. I, I I don't want to just be like the kind of people people who like shit on others because like there's some guys who were really are fans. Of. Yeah, yeah, like I'm a big fan of the Super Halo Bros. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rocks in the Outfield. I love what they do, man. They're you know they're an entertaining bunch of guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, no, I, I don't want to shit on absolutely everybody. There's just some people who I think can produce better content with the, the platform they have. But that's enough about that. That's enough about that. <laughs> the listeners have the ability to support everyone they do. Yeah, and to be it. honest, I think everyone who supports Angels Baseball is good for all of us. So keep doing what you guys are doing, content creators, even if I just shat on you. Yeah, 
I, I'm I'm right there with you. To each his own. If you guys like that, hey, that's fine. But we just do things a little different over here. We we kind of know our baseball. That's just all I'm saying. I'm just trying to trying to float that out there. <clears throat> we kind we kind of have have an understanding of where this team is. We have the pulse on the team. Absolutely. Uh, we don't we don't need the pulse to be on the keyboard. It's basically what. I'm <clears throat> <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, no, Shohei Otani, um, I think did what he had to do. He went out there, he put on a show, but, um, you know, like you said, you know, that, that minute killed him. That minute killed him. We both agree. I think every Angels fan will agree, but I also think that every Angels fan at the end of the day will be like, you know what? I'm proud of him because, you know, he basically went all three rounds. He just happened to be the first round exactly because <laughs> it was two sudden deaths. So, you know, Juan Soto, you got to tip your cap to him. I'm actually a fan of Juan Soto. He's a good hitter. Good hitter. I would love a situation where the Angels can package Max Scherzer and Juan Soto. Oh, man. I think give Nat- us Juan Soto. I'll give up Joe Dell. I'll give up Joe Dell for that. I think Nats fans would be like, you're just basically throwing in the towel. You know what I mean? Like, cause that's well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not doing too well this year, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's their future. That dude's going to be around forever for at least, well, you would think anyway, in the next five to ten years. I mean, hey, Jordan Adams. Joe Adele, who are two top outfield prospects. Well, I mean, Joe Adele just uh, maxed out prospect status, but you guys know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Two of those guys and maybe like a, a lesser guy in exchange, uh, a, a lesser prospect, sorry, in exchange for Juan Soto or Max Scherzer. I, that's a move I'd think about. You're losing two good outfielders, but you're also getting Juan Soto for the next one, two or three years, so. At least, yeah, and then yeah, because he didn't become ar- arbitration eligible for for a few years. Yeah, that's good. I think he'll be arbitration eligible next year, but that means you'll still have him for three years. Yeah, yeah, you got him in place for a while. So, if you got anything else, man, you want to wrap this one up? Ooh, I think he is. He's at arbitration. No, he signed a one year deal. He has oh. three more years of arbitration. Oh. He's getting eight point five million this year. That's and still then he a deal. Has two, three, four. Yep, absolutely. Especially for what he what you get out of it most years. This year, I know he's struggling a little bit, but um, yeah, no, that, I think that's going to do it out of us. Uh, thank you once again to our sponsors. Uh, we have another sponsor in the wings. We already got approved for it. Uh, I, I guess we can probably say who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's BetterHelp. It's a online therapy. So you know, just an early shout out for them. Even though we're not getting anything for it right now, check out BetterHelp. Uh, they're really good people. They do a lot of good stuff over there. If you ever, it's okay to be, not be okay. So if you ever need help and need an online therapist, check them out. Once again, check out Rep Sports and uh, Raise Energy. Mm-hmm. Type in code Halos Infield. Uh, and I think you get a sick little discount there at checkout. Uh, they have energy drinks, they have sports supplements, they have t shirts, and a lot more. Of course, check out our links at Redbubble. Tell your friends about our show. Pay attention to the bingo games. And uh, I, I feel like there was something else. Do you have anything else? No, uh, I try to remember. Trucker Hat Trivia on Sundays and Wednesdays. And then check out the pregame shows on Instagram um, with James. Also with Chase, the uh, Around the League show. And then we have this show that me and Fernando do twice a week too. So it, we have a lot of Angels content and more stuff to come. Oh, the barbecue. The barbecue. Oh, the barbecue, that's right. There you go. The one that Roger Lodge endorsed. Yeah. It's August 14th under the big A. Dude, you got to get like a fat head of Roger Lodge. So whenever you're going to talk about it, you can just like whip it out. And yeah. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> I should. Uh... Halo Hong Trivia. <laughs> you're talking to Roger Lodge. Yeah, right. And you didn't say anything positive and click. Yeah, yeah. You're done for. I don't want to hear that. um i think once the draft's over we could probably maybe do like another recap i don't know if that'll be todd and i or maybe andrew and i whoever's going to be comfortable talking about the draft Uh, i think we can all as a network though probably agree to that uh our youtube's going to start getting a lot more interesting todd and i actually just talked with somebody who's going to be doing some mlb the show content on youtube that'll kind of broaden everything we represent because we're a network we're a network people. We're a network people. <laughs> I love that Roger Lug video, dude. Literally, when Todd said it to me, I laughed for about five minutes. I'm not kidding. I was literally like in literal tears from laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, he's so, that. I love dubbing that over. That's for sure. Yeah, dude. Uh, check out that gold. Seriously, if you haven't, go on the Instagram and look that up, dude. I, I promise it'll it'll make your day. Absolutely promise. <laughs> um, and a couple other things. Uh, real uh, honestly, the last thing I have for you guys before we <laughs> exit. Uh, a lot of interviews on the horizon. I'm not kidding. 
We had a, a Darren Sutton interview. Literally, we did his very last Angels interview before the Angels decided to part ways with him. So, um, hey, we can always say we were the last. Yes, we were. <laughs> we have an interview with him. Uh, we have a lot of other interviews on the wings. Uh, a couple of trash pandas on. I think we have about three trash pandas set to come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't give any names because, once again, I don't like jinxing things. Uh, we have a beat reporter coming on uh, for our uh, show that Andrew and Chase are doing for the trade deadline. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Look out for that. And then finally, uh, God, uh, who am I blanking on? Couple ex MLB players for former yes. Angels. Yeah. So check all those out. Those those will be a very very good time. I promise they won't disappoint. All right. So this has been another episode of Halos in the Infield. As you heard, we have a lot upcoming. We hope you ride along with us. And for Todd Fox and Fernando Mendez. Had a good evening, day, wherever you are at or listening to us. All right. See ya. Bye, everybody.